and there's less formality around office space, clothes you wear, hierarchy, all the old things that you associate with old business. It's, it's much more broken down here. And as a result, they're able to attract that, that creative talent to go do stuff like that. You're listening to Pardon the Disruption with your host, Tom Young. Hi, everybody. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Tom Young. Let's go around the room. Hey, this is Bart Gallo. This is TJ Young. This is Rohan Kapoor. Hey, uh, so we're on the road. Uh, We're in San Francisco. We came out here for the IBM Think Conference. And we're staying at the Le Meridian Hotel. We're sitting here in the lobby restaurant before they open up and doing a, a show on location here. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today is to get your guys' sense and just have an open discussion without a just to see what you guys think. San Francisco and the whole Bay Area has been sort of the center of digital disruption in terms of VC money, startups, some of the cool companies like Google and Facebook and Apple and others. A lot of a lot of startups out here. Now it's not limited to this area, but it's I would say this area sort of is the uh, ground zero of digital disruption. And so I wanted to get your guys' sense of this, and we're going to talk to some people. Uh, this week while we're here, locals, to get a sense of why do they think this area, specifically uh, central uh, coastal California, the Bay Area, why it, why is it this place, Ground Zero? What do they do here? What's different about this that creates the culture of startup? Yeah. Well, I think obviously rich history here in uh, San Francisco, dating all the way back to the uh, the semiconductor chips, I think they made, Sun, Sun was it? Sun Microsystems. Sun Microsystems. Sun Microsystems. Yeah. Um, and that was, that kind of started the uh, momentum for building up, building up some of what um, we see today in Silicon Valley and things like that. Um, it's also just, uh, it's, it's a really interesting place. Bart and I were having a discussion yesterday about this, mm. about whether New York is now kind of taking over some of that, especially from the VC financing. Right, right. Um, whether that's shifting, but definitely San Francisco's got a rich history of, of starting out with innovation um, and they've really built on it. Uh, yeah, it seems like um, a lot of the culture here, whether it's about technology or business or even pop culture elements, it seems like there's kind of just something going on where new ideas sprout and there's a lot of people who are open-minded and willing to yeah. experiment with them. I'm not saying that's not true of where we're from or other parts of the country. It just seems like an incubator for those sorts of experiments. Yeah. And it's also like a feedback loop, right? So as soon as Silicon Valley sprouted up, I think others just came here to be part of the conversation. Right. right. I'm guessing there was one particular, like you mentioned, the Sun Microsystems. There's probably one or two kind of key events that just kicked off that feedback loop and then it just kind of happened here because of, right. you know, sort of like how Wall Street came to be in New York. It's pro- pro- I don't know how, what the timeline was for how you know Silicon Valley really like boomed, but mm-hmm. I think after a couple of those huge valuations, it got the kind of respect it deserved as yeah. being like this tech mecca, and yeah. then people just flocked here. Yeah, and it's like the um, the equivalent in New York is actually called like Silicon Alley, or there's an Silicon element Alley? of that. Yeah. yeah, so it's really proliferated out of yeah. here. It's interesting. Do you think so? Do you think that there's a um, so at, at some level, you get to uh, firms like Caltech, you get Berkeley, uh, Stanford. There's a lot of feeder schools, but you could argue the same is true in the East Coast. There's a lot of opportunities to, to create feeder culture here. Do you think that the um, 
uh, I don't want to I don't want to be controversial here, but at some level, the liberal progressive pol- political point of view here that says out with the old and with the new applies here to a tech culture that allows for and embraces people taking risk and disruptive cultures with, with respect to technology businesses. Yeah, I mean, I think. If I had to picture New York, I would picture this like old monolith. I'd picture an old banker, uh, your typical. Three-piece suit. And ironically, I'd, I'd picture the traditional IBM um, executive, like their, their right. old brand. And here I'd picture the person wearing a t-shirt and you know, flip-flops going to work, but he's making 200K a year plus coding right. something and for some startup company. In his nap pod while you're doing a podcast. Yeah, in a nap pod, right. <laughs> but And ironically, we're here for the IBM Think Conference for 2019, mm. this, this current week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 one thing I will say about New York is it's incredibly adaptive as a city uh, to attract whatever new industry is coming through. So Silicon Valley is centered very much around tech. New York, obviously Wall Street, started with finance, um, built that up to an amazing level. And now as you're seeing finance getting disruptive, you're seeing an amazing uh, adaptability in, in a, uh, to attract tech talent because New York is now shifting itself slightly to become a tech hub. You look at Google, I think they're opening, um, they're, they're spending a lot of money in developing uh, campus kind of infrastructure. Amazon obviously moving into Long Island City. So right. the cool thing about New York is is that ability to kind of shift shape. And rapidly. And quick. Yeah, I remember the first time we did the experience tour in New York, we were kind of just having lunch and talking about some of the ideas we had. And then, you know, we were kind of walking yeah. around and found a lot <laughs> of what we were talking about 20 minutes later yeah. at uh, Samsung and uh, other stops we took. Yeah. So, so there's an article in Forbes that came out um, uh, about a year and a half ago, and it named San Francisco the, the global leader in disruptive innovation. It's an interesting article because it talks about you know answering some of the questions that I asked at the opening of the show, which is why do we think this is the heart of the digital disruption? Now they attribute quite a bit of it uh, going all the way back to Stanford uh, in just terms of the culture of that school. In terms, they coined the term Silicon Valley, the whole nine yards. But you know this area leads in venture capital of money, uh, patents, a whole bunch of categories that you would use for digital. Now there is competition and it's driving this, but uh, you know, one of the things here that, that I noticed when we walked around the city here a little bit yesterday is there seems like there's an app for everything. <laughs> it's a, it's an app crazy culture. And a, there's a, um, there was a show on uh, HBO as well. Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys watch that? Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. yeah. It talks about uh, just the whole culture of startup culture where uh, th- there's an inherent desire to take risk that I don't sense that same risk-taking culture uh, on the East Coast. It's not that the people are risk-averse, it's just it's more pronounced here. Well, the whole, the whole point of digital disruption, it just happens very quickly and it scales quickly. So I think what happens is people are taking risks, but you have young people with you know, bright ideas getting a ton of money quickly and not really knowing what to do with it, not really maturing with how fast they're scaling. So you have these young kids who are multimillionaires, sometimes billionaires in the most extreme cases. Right. And then, you know, they see that first success. Why not take more risks? Yeah. Yeah. And definitely that open, there's definitely more of an open mindedness in the culture here that kind of enables that. Cause even I think Stanford, it's interesting you brought up Stanford or it was in the article because Stanford actually um, coined design thinking as well. Oh, did they? Yeah. So, it's uh, it's actually 
it's definitely got a history of being able to kind of um, create, come up with some of these really innovative ways of, of doing things. Um, so it kind of, yeah, it's something that I guess they are. So the, the thing, we're, we're going to be here for the full week uh, around anchored around this IBM conference. But one of the things I'd ask you guys to do when we have our conversations uh, with locals is to try to ask that question so we can revisit this at the end of our trip and get a sense of what we think, you know, if we can assess something culturally. You know, at some level, obviously, the people in the business have a strong point of view. But what I'm also interested in is the, what we call it, the man on the street, the average person. How close are they to all of this? They just see it happening. They think it's... uh, crazy are they disconnected or are they or is it a broader part of the culture you know what do they think about this because uh, if you look at like the, what san francisco's done th- there's a area of uh, san francisco called dog patch which is in the southeast side of san francisco quite a bit of uh investments going down there from a building perspective and moving uh businesses down there trying to compete with the silicon valley like mountain view and san jose area uh, Cupertino where Apple is and uh, anyway so I just asked you guys to get a sense of that what's your se- some of you guys is your first trip to California it is for me first time in the state yeah um, and Rohan you've been here before I have but very a quick trip 24 yeah, and hours and TJ you were once before right uh, second or third time yeah yeah so I, I, I worked out here 20 years ago for about a year and uh, it's, a, it's an interesting place it's uh uh, for me, it was a nice place. As an East Coast guy, it was a nice place to visit. Not sure I want to live here, but it is very nice. Uh, I would say the other area, the other cultural thing, which is interesting to me, is, and this is true for broader California, uh, it's more of an outside culture mm-hmm. versus an inside culture. And what do I mean by that? And I want, and I want again, I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up because I, I want to know: is this an ingredient for tech disruption? which is California is much bigger from a, a cultural perspective of being outside versus being inside. And it has a lot to do with the fact that the weather here is typically nicer, but uh, there's a, a lot more cultural affinity to being outside for stuff. Yeah, we're sitting here in uh, downtown San Francisco. As I mentioned, we're doing this show live from the uh, uh, restaurant here at the Le Meridian Hotel down right by the Transamerica building. So get a little background noise but i would just get a sense of do you think that the outside culture now we're going to take a trip this afternoon uh and go just north of the city up to sausalito and maybe go out get up to the uh john muir memorial where they have the big redwoods um and we're going to take a out of the city and out into nature but we're going to get a sense of the broader culture here in this area mm-hmm. yeah looking forward to delving into it yeah mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see because IBM did this conference in uh, Las Vegas, which is convention central, right? It's a it's a, a fun place to go, a lot of convention space. But by, I think by it's interesting. I, I even talked to the IBM guys about moving it here, why they did that. I'm sure there were some incentives, but at some level, it also signals this is really where the action is. It's also a rebranding of IBM. So yeah. I mentioned the old IBM before. You know, you had to wear a black suit or a, a very, very, very dark navy suit. <laughs> yeah. I saw a hint of blue would be too much. Uh, that was the old brand, but the, you know they're they're adjusting their brand to attract some of these new millennial mm. coders. These st- this you know startup culture on the West Coast. 
um, you see that really in injecting into their business as they transform. And I think they see the disruption coming and they want to be part of it and not be the ones affected by it. So they want to attract some of this talent. And I think last time we were here, um, one of the most striking elements about the culture, in terms of the workplace culture, I think we were at Accenture's um, Digital Lat or, uh, Liquid Studios, I think it was called. And we showed up at about 10 a.m. just to see this like workspace. And um, it was empty. And it was a Tuesday or something. It was Tuesday yeah, or Wednesday. We, were, we got there. I think we got there at 9. They said it didn't come in until about 10. Right, right, right. And I said, well, then. Not, that, not a single soul was they there. They must work late. And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> they come in at 10, 10.30, leave around 3.30. Because the demand here is for them. So there's. There's not enough. There's not enough people to fill the jobs, and they can the the employees, the potential workers, can command a higher salary and can define what they their work life balance is. So they can right. really control Complete it. Complete sellers market on labor. Right. I'm going to wear what I want to work. I can define my own hours, and the companies are competing for this talent. So I think there there's a rush to come out here, and it, you know you don't have to fly to New York every time. You, we're going to have this out here, attract new talent, and compete for it. I think IBM's seeing that. Yeah, I think especially when you talked about the weather and outdoors, when you've got a work-life balance, you're going to want to spend time on your off time doing things outside and, and things yeah. like that. So that may play into it. Yeah, and it's also the element uh, with the outdoors idea that ideas are just kind of floating around between those people more and there's more ways to exchange them. Whereas I think somewhere where the weather's not as nice and you can't have that outside element, you know, you're like booking conference rooms for every, every time you need to exchange ideas and... Yeah. It's also, I mean, uh, I know I've, I've been reading the book uh, Bold by P Peter Diamandis. I know you yeah. recommended this to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about one, you know, many different steps to success in terms of innovation and, you know, forcing the whole culture of disruption onto yourself so you can think in that way. And one of the elements was to pretty much have a nice environment to work in. If you're working in a gray building, you're not going to be uh, passionate about your job, you're, gonna, you're not going to have as many ideas coming in, and this is actually tested and proven. If you're in a nice sunny place and it's always kind of like 50, 60 degrees mm -hmm. sunny, you have, uh, you're, you know, you buy the water, that, it, that in and of itself creates or adds to a culture of innovation. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. so w w I've done uh, a couple tech tours through here uh, with clients, and TJ mentioned the one when we stopped at Liquid Studios, and they're, they're uh, it is an interesting observation that, that I would say the, uh, the companies here are much more flexible on terms of the, the work arrangements. Now, we've talked about this with our clients on consulting engagements about the, the um, employee culture. So it, it goes to the notion of in digital um, economies, you have a more of a tendency of a winner-take-all, a more opportunity to pay people based on meritocracy. So the, uh, and there's less formality around office space, clothes you wear, hierarchy, all the old things that you associate with old business. It's, it's much more broken down here. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they're able to attract that, that creative talent to go do stuff like that. And we think, it's, to me, it's a big barrier if I have if I'm trying to, if I'm in a big company and I'm trying to build a, we, we, we help people build out automation COEs, uh, centers of excellence, using employees, which is the best way to do it, by the way, if you, if you can do it. But you need to also be creative on the way you compensate them. So some of the people that we work with, you know, it, it, within a year, their market rate or their market viability, if you will, could double 
they could go from making what I pick a number I'll just make something up 125,000 within one year they could be worth double that or more but companies aren't really willing to keep up with that and recognize that and put them into a compensation or employee structure that recognizes that that allows them to you know come in at 10 leave at 5 but as long as they're contributing and measuring that and, and part of that, I saw, you, you just see it here. When we did the tech tours, you just see it, a totally different culture. You don't see suits out here. Uh, you see much more employee focus, embracing that creativity. Looking forward to doing that trip to uh, Wipro to check out that innovation. Yeah, we're gonna, we're, 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 we'll do another podcast down there yeah. uh, when we're there. We're gonna be on Wednesday going to the Wipro Innovation Center in Mountain View. Yeah. And uh, you'll get a, a little bit of a sense there. The, the Indian companies are uh, trying to embrace this as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have their own bureaucracies uh, like TCS, Wipro, Infosys, HCL. They have uh, uh, a, a di different cultural barriers to go through, mm -hmm. but they're all trying to embrace this culture because at some level, as TJ mentioned, the talent is hard to get. And it's also the, uh, you, you mentioned flexibility in work. It's also flexibility in the organizational lattice around compensation so that if you're a manager, like a traditional manager, especially in a very hardcore uh, ingrained bureaucracy, like for the India Heritage companies from the service provider side, are you okay with your worker, someone reporting to you, making more than you, making significantly more than you, if he's a subject matter expert in some, you know, maybe data science, but you're better as a manager? I think in, in a lot of cultures, the manager or the higher up has to make more. And this is something, I mean, I, I see con other consultancies, I know McKinsey's been pushing this for a while, I see consultancies talking about it, but it's a very hard cultural shift <laughs> to actually go ahead and make and uh, have HR on board and really have the managers not complain because they want their package as well. Right, well I think in a lot of cases, those um, folks reporting to them with those specialized skills um, actually have rarer skills to come by than the management That's skills. That's the whole point, right. So much exactly. rarer in some cases. So I think so. You, you have to kind of shift that. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a touchy subject. And also yeah. then it kind of, it's weird because it would almost disincentivize you if a manager is considered higher up the ladder, so to speak. It kind of disincentivizes you're moving into well, that it's position. The, it's the old American goal. You want to <laughs> climb the corporate ladder, not go deep in your field. Yeah. So yeah. if you're going to hire someone as a data scientist, maybe you want them to go deeper and deeper and just keep making, if you're working for IBM, just keep working on Watson. Make this yeah. world changing. Make it uh, make it autonomous and self-aware at, at some <laughs> point. I don't want you trying to get your promotion so you can eventually be an area manager and a, and a VP later on. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, the sports, uh, professional sports has this figured out. So the all-star right. point guard makes more than the coach. The exactly. coach generally makes more than the general manager. Yeah. And the general manager makes a lot less than the owner. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, yes. What's like also, what's also interesting is the, uh, the longevity. So let's just use sports again to continue the analogy. The all-star point guard is the all-star point guard for three years, but not four. Right? They're in and out. So it's a high compensation expertise. Same is true in technology. I could be the greatest thing since sliced bread in whatever technology field, but the, the pace of changes are happening so rapidly. My expertise is not really um, as valuable three, four years from now unless I keep evolving. And it's very difficult to, that, that very high niche uh, expertise to continue to update that to be a top of your game. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're a coach or a manager, uh, you can make less, but you can have a much longer career. Mm -hmm. Right. So. But it's interesting, I think, I, I, I think it's more to it than location. 
here. I think we're going to digest that. And when we talk to people over the coming week, and I would just, again, remind you guys, ask people when you talk to them, why do you think this place is the way it is? Mm-hmm. And I, Because I believe that there are cultural uh, changes here, attitudes towards uh, change, attitudes towards the way businesses think about employees, uh, and also um, and a, a, a little bit of a political dynamic, attitude towards institutional norms and because that goes back to the embracing change how are people thinking about uh, the future are they optimistic do they believe change is required etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. so hey guys any more par- parting comments oh, no you guys looking forward to the rest of the trip absolutely i'm looking forward to napa valley as well oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, let, less focus on disruption yeah. why is yeah, that yeah. place that just might, taken to innovation part of the, part of the issue yeah, that's yeah. The, the tail end of the trip but we're going to tag it we're going to drag our equipment along to as many places as we can mm-hmm. and try to record on location to try to get a sense of what's happening so we get something out of this but yep. thanks everybody for doing this all, all right. right thanks yeah all thanks. Right. thanks hey thanks for listening to the show today pardon the disruption if you enjoyed our discussion I'd invite you to head over to our homepage at www.rumjog.com. You can go there and check out our perspectives page and hear more podcast episodes, read some articles. It's some pretty interesting stuff. You can get access also to our digital disruption series. This is a meetup that we do mostly in New York and New Jersey area where we discuss the impact of these technologies on our society and the way we live and work. We do this alongside of industry experts, in various fields like crowdsourcing, automation, and blockchain, uh, the, the, the technologies that are disrupting our world today. Anyway, if you like that, you can also follow us on social media uh, at Twitter on the handle at Rumjog. We look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you.